A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, we just love it and we're here to talk about it um, in the Rugby Dungeon, I'm Tim, Phil's over there. Hello Tim. And there's JB. Hello Tim, and is, isn't it nice, the first time in four podcasts to be all together? Is that right? <laughs> it is, yeah, it's a fourth attempt of trying to actually make this work. Yeah. <laughs> Because you two were jet-setting and travelling the world. We don't like talking about it, mate. <laughs> and then you were drinking alone, is what JB said. What was the truth in that? Uh, when was it? On the Tuesday night. Uh, I certainly wasn't alone. I was drinking with work, unfortunately, and I didn't get the memo about the Tuesday night podcast. <laughs> so I suddenly found myself quite drunk at about 11pm and you two messaging me. I got impaled on a tree, had major surgery, and I still made the podcast. <laughs> Have a think about that. Uh, yes. Right, well, on this podcast, uh, there's, we've got an international match to talk about in the form of Wales. There's loads of domestic rugby that happens. There's some brilliant talking points, and there's some other things going on uh, besides. Did you get your fill of rugby this weekend? Oh, wise? yes, absolutely. Maybe not as much as I usually do, but uh, three mm. matches, that's okay. Okay. That's solid. That's solid. solid. So you were in attendance in at least one match? Two. Oh, which, which was the other one? Leicester Wasps. Yeah, nice. And Queen Sarries. Two great games, last minute deciders in yeah, both of them. In as both well. of them, yeah. Which, of course, from my perspective, you sort of go through. In, in my head, I'm like, all right, okay, here's the talking points I want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to talk about. If this team's winning, then it flips. Yeah. And I go, ah, just screw that up, rip it up, and um, think about it. But no, brilliant games, and there was there was there was a number of fantastic games this weekend. There really was. Uh, just a quick one for you then. As you've seen them both in the flash, two guys I'm really impressed with so far this year, Youngs and Care. Who looks best in the flash? What do you mean? Who looks best in? The, you, you mean? I, know, I, I thought you, I, I, I automatically started <laughs> thinking you meant like who's better looking. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, Danny Care is better looking. Danny Care is better looking. Tim Visser is an incredible specimen. Yes, well, he's, hang on, he's a broad- giant man. Yeah, I mean we're broadening out the conversation. <laughs> I, I completely agree with that. Uh, well, you've got another good. Well, you got two other good you, English scrum half in Robson. I was going to say Robson, yeah. Yeah. I think he, I think he is. Uh, I mean, Cipriani made a difference, and people talk yeah. about his impact on Wasps. I think Robson is arguably more important than Cipriani. Wow. He I, he adds so much pace. I think the difference, though, Robson creates stuff for himself. Cipriani, that he, I'm not sure, kind of historically if I've truly appreciated how much he does for other people yeah the space he puts yeah. other people into is 
Yeah, that, he, that, he played very well. That, coming, that's, coming back. that's that like little drift and late lift to a yeah. to an oncoming forward runner. It's a, he just puts people in holes, doesn't he? But there's there's always the option out the back as well, and that's what yeah. creates the hole because if you've got a, just one straight runner, it, it's it's um, very telegraphs yeah. telegraphed. So there is speculation, isn't there, that he's going to be leaving the club at the end of this year. He's hmm. his deal's up. Nothing new has been announced. And the, the biggest bargaining tool he has now is the fact that when he wasn't there, they looked dreadful. Yeah. Well, that that's not true in the last few weeks. No, they've kind of... I mean, I always... They righted the, the ship without him. Yeah, I always referred to it, last few weeks, like sort of a family unit getting over a massive trauma. You know, they <laughs> or, eventually kind of accepted it and moved on. An addict coming off crack. Correct. Like, you're going to have a real bad period, but eventually you'll start getting back to normality. <laughs> and now they've got a load more crack in their system. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also players like uh, Willy LaRue started to play like we yeah. know he can. Willy LaRue had some awful... He really is. <laughs> he <had> like <laughs> as About as volatile as they get. Yeah. But he, he is looking much... The last couple of weeks he's been brilliant, but he had some shockers. Like mm. the Percy Montgomery horror game or the yes. Benders game when he got targeted by the two Alagis. Those kind or of horrors. Or Billy Twelvery's game. <laughs> or just most Billy Twelvery's games. So with Sippers, I wonder, because you're quite right to point out his contract is up at the end of the season and his future has not been decided yet. Like sale shocks. I, I am telling you. That <laughs> yeah, is the I think that, link. I think there'll be a few suitors, but it's just for Wasps. Do you think it's the... The fact that how how should how shall I put this? Do you think it's uh, it's going to be a decision between what he's able to do on the pitch and how he fits into the whole club? Mm. Putting it like that, you could read between lines. I think I think that is a consideration. I think it's on his shoulders, and I think if I was Mr. Cipriani, I would be very very tempted to be heading to the south of France for a two or three year massive payday. Yeah. I think I think he's so far off England's radar now yeah. that he should just go sort and take the massive fair shot. When you're playing that well. I mean yeah. so his disruptiveness will ultimately be decided by how good he is on on the field. So if he's really good on the field, people will basically start saying he's not really that disruptive. But I bet if you start losing he he's a nightmare. One player who I did see today in the flesh and I thought Bearing in mind, it's not an area of strength for the national team. Alex Good is such a classy fullback, isn't he? It's, it's yeah. You look at me. I was looking at him again and just thinking, how are you not anywhere near mm. the England setup? I, I can I can understand him not being selected or even in that, a match day yeah. squad, but man, we don't we're not that blessed in that area. Well, it's it's well, it's just Mike Brown, and then you go to. Watson and I think there is a huge drop off for what yeah. Watson's a brilliant winger. I don't think he's a brilliant fullback. Yeah, and we spoke about this at length. Yeah, we? We Watson conundrum. But I'm pretty sure I'm on record as saying I believe Alex Good to be the best all round rugby player in maybe you, in the UK. You are definitely on record saying that. You're definitely I think on record brilliant. saying that. So just we've got a few little tangents I, I want to take us around. The first one: Did you watch the rugby league World Cup final? Absolutely, I did. It was marvelous. Just the highlights. I was dragging crap out of a basement bodies and stuff but yeah bodies rolled up in carpets it was my the big takeaway from that rugby league world cup final not watch having watched a lot of rugby league for much time is just how brutal it is and i think this is partly to do with the the way that rugby union has evolved over the last few years and 
I, I couldn't quite get. I, it was mind-boggling the, the the physicality and the the in union terms now the illegality of so many it of the was, hits. Do you know it makes so much sense? So I, I guess the feeling I had is similar to the feeling that a battery chicken has. Do you know when they they're like released into uh, you know an open yard and they realise that they can walk again and they experience freedom? <laughs> like watching rugby league, it felt like oh, I've been released again. I, I can finally enjoy contact sport the way it should be enjoyed. Uh, the the whole thing about the high shots is completely wrong because Union, from what I can tell, is getting more cases of concussion than Rugby League. Yet Rugby League, in a game, has many, many more tackles, like three times more tackles, and almost all of them are high. And the reason is because Union players are hitting their heads against hips and knees, and it's not the tackler getting injured, it's the tackle So how no, the wrong, wrong way around. It's a tackler getting injured, not the tackley. Yeah. Does that make sense? So if you're making yeah. a tackle... In in union, yeah, more injuries, more head injuries you're occur to the, the tackler. Side, you know, look at someone like Salmon, he'll always getting knocked out of games. Rugby league, you're going high, so you don't really get the concussion issue. But yet somehow they dress it up as a class action lawsuit waiting to happen against rugby league. It should be against rugby union for these stupid irresponsible and dangerous rules well that we've talked about this before as well but i think that and phil would use the phrase the law of unintended consequences but i think i think the reason for rugby union having evolved the way it has is to avoid the class action lawsuit in years to come when players inevitably raise it however what it's actually done is increase the prevalence not decrease the prevalence of concussions so it's a weird kind of juxtaposition they find themselves in which is the thing that they did to prevent the concussions is causing more concussions so who really has the lawsuit well we've not got enough data to say that yet since the changes of bringing the tackle lower yeah so we can't say that and also well the injury audits are there for you to look at no but concussions you, are the they're just not enough data as in you've got uh, and there's a lot there's a lot of things years going back and there's a lot of things season. that were recorded uh, are recorded as concussions now which historically which, wouldn't which wouldn't have been yeah. even mentioned it would have been a magic sponge get on with it so we will see though in, in time we will see that there are there's also more differences than just more tackles in rugby league and rugby union the tackles are far more predictable in rugby league because four out of five tackles are just one man crashing up straight what do you mean because they're easier to recognize they're well, easier to brace for or protect yourself yeah or... it, it is just a straight runner running hard but running straight mm. and in rugby union, because it's more unpredictable, that's when you get injured. That's when you get heads in the wrong place. When people are are more likely to step or coming off the side of a rook or coming round a mall, you get that blindsided kind of thing. or something. Yeah, mm. so that's it, a fair point. It's I don't think it's quite that simple, but it, I think it is very interesting that if you get fewer, if you're getting fewer concussions in a sport where there are significantly so more, many more, more collision, collisions, yeah. So like six hundred. No, hold on. I'm, I'm not going to commit to a, num- a number of tackles a game, no. but it's high. But I, I remember look, looking at stats. Someone like James Ruby. This is a few years ago, but he was making like between thirty and forty tackles and thirty and forty carries a game, <laughs> which is just That's enormous, isn't it? Absolutely enormous. It's Tell you who is an amazing rugby player, and we'll never see him in Union because he just wouldn't fit in. And he's a bit old now. James Graham. Yeah, I he's love a good his player, hands. Isn't I mean, I've never seen such good hands on on a big man. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's a great player. And it does say something. Like the English guys who go and make it in Australia, it really says something about their ability, their skill set, 
uh, their physicality as well. I do wonder if this Rugby League World Cup is sort of like the dead cat bounce for Rugby League. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, because until, until Friday evening, I'd not seen a single thing in the press about Rugby League. No, and it's quite like a good the, the general. I'd seen a bit in rugby press, but in the general press, it was just not mentioned at all. Mm. You've really got to hunt down rugby yeah. league scores. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you really do. Uh, back to well, let's stay on the international arena, but back to Union and Wales chalked up a win against South Africa. Mm. Uh, how do we summarise Wales's autumn? Because it, it finished on nah. I don't know. Is it a high or did it finish on a? Well, that was all right. Well, they played the loser ball, didn't they, against South Africa to work out who was the most overworked and uh, lost team in world rugby. And that is South Africa. I, I can officially confirm. What South Africa th- are worse than Wales. Yes, yeah. we know that now. I mean, what was the point in it? I just think it was <laughs> such an ill-conceived game. This fourth test that, I mean, I think there's some sort of deal, isn't there, with the regions that they get more money from it or there's something, you know, some sort of deal there. Um, they'll get a split from the uh, yeah because yeah, it's WRU min- money I just don't see the point in it and it just you know why not add another 80 minutes to Alan Wynne Jones's several million minutes of rugby you know <laughs> what do we need to learn what do it, we well, need to it was prove? quite an impressive first 80 minutes for Hadley Parks yeah a man who would have grown up dreaming of uh, pulling on the jersey <laughs> well Hadley Wynne Parks yeah had- <laughs> Hadley Park sounds a bit like a it, it does sound Welsh, I mean, you'd actually. be forgiven for mistaking him for someone from the Valleys. You would do. Uh, no, he, t- he took his try as well. I, just, I think the bit you can take out of Wales from... So, they would have hoped to get a win against Australia or New Zealand. They weren't quite good enough mm. on either of those. They, they'd finished with two wins against Georgia and South Africa. Probably the biggest thing is the strength and depth that they're building. So, in, so in Wales, Wales oh, in certain positions. So, which ones are you thinking of? Well, Hadley Parks coming in, Steph Evans coming in, Navidi and Shingler were good. Yes, um, I think that's a big positive, isn't it? That you know Navidi now can play international level rugby. Yeah, Gareth Davis played well at nine, which you, you kind of already knew, but he gets a lot of stick. Gareth Davis, a he, lot of stick for someone who's so good. And Ala Davis looked pretty solid on the weekend. Uh, the um, Corey Hill seems to be improving. Corey Hill's not a, not a bad player. Lion Corey Hill. Lion Corey Hill, of course. Lion Mark 4, 5. Something like that. Yeah. Scott Andrews. I mean, do I need to see an international rugby game where Scott Andrews starts? Yeah. Is that really and an international rugby game? Yeah. So that's that's fair enough. But in certain, so in probably centres, there's a bit a few more options around the on the wings and back row. Wales are actually fairly stacked on the back mm. row now. Because you, don't forget, you've got... Um, Warburton and Moriarty to come back in. Mm. You got Tipperick, who's Lydiot. not really played. Lydia, I'm, I think we might have seen the best of Lydia. Maybe. Uh, and obviously, Falatau's still class. Um, mm. What was I going to ask? I was going to ask something very interesting to Tim, because I think Phil knows the answer. Mr. Scott Andrews has played another position in a competitive rugby game. What was it for Cardiff Blues? Seriously? Yeah. Uh, and it's not in the front row. So he's a tight head prop. I'll say that he there was an injury and he got slotted in on the flank. He started in a, in a position. It wasn't started? Not. Yep. Must be blindside flanker. Sure. I don't know the answer to this. Second row, maybe? It is second row. What? what they, they were doing wow. a Uini Antonio with... Uh, yeah. Antonio with uh, 
Yeah, but he's uh, a bit smaller than Uini uh, Antonio. Well, yeah, he is a bit. He's about thirty kilograms lighter because virtually everyone is at least thirty kilograms li- minimum, lighter. Minimum. Uh, yeah, I'm hey. guessing he's not a jumper. No, it was a European Cup game against an, an Italian team, I do believe. Okay. So Scott Andrews, tight end prop and second row. But what a, <laughs> what an absolute mess South Africa are in. It's sad. Yeah, they've. It is. There's been times this season when you thought they were kind of turning corners. That I, I think you know that um, New Zealand game particularly in South Africa, mm. which was a brilliant game, brutal and brilliant. And New Zealand eventually snuck it, but South Africa looked good for 75 minutes. Uh, but then it kind of, every time they look good, they then kind of fall apart again. Yeah, they're inconsistent. Yeah. But that's almost a product of how unstable their environment is, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. And there's, I mean, I had an interview with a guy on the Rugby Dungeon this week who is a South African journalist, writes for SA Rug- um, Rugby Mag. Great, great magazine, actually. It is, actually. It's a really good magazine. And he was saying there's 300 South African players playing around Europe. Yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. And now, I've got an idea for you. I might have mentioned this last week. It's to solve the ridiculous issue of you needing 70 or 50 or 40 caps. To play for a country. Yes. Yeah, you did mention this. You have Midweek domestic pod. So, back to domestic matters then. And... Just how competitive, uh, and I'll ask this question, the the, the Avicii Premiership looks incredibly competitive this season. I'm going to put it out there, as a result of teams that we thought would be better not being quite as good. And maybe in in one case, a team that we expected to be not as good being much better. So one of the big stories there, Gloucester find themselves after this weekend's Matches in second place in the Avicii Premiership table. You'd have got long odds on that after 10 games. You mm. certainly would have done. Um, the most astonishing bit about Gloucester, so before we go into competitiveness, the most astonishing bit about Gloucester being in second place is they're on minus two points difference in second place. Yeah, Saracens are on plus 134 in third place. So this is... Remember last season, we continually spoke about Gloucester not being able to close nine, out games. Nine times they were yeah. they they had they had defeats where they were within seven so, points. They were never able to win the tight matches. Whereas this season, they've just been sneaking those tight matches, and they've they've managed to go over the line. And there's probably a couple of factors. Some of their young, talented guys, and they have got some young, talented yes. guys. Purdy and Thorley on the wings. Yep. Bill, Billy Burns is playing very well. Paledri, Ludlow, uh, Freddie, Freddie Clark. Freddie Clark. Yeah. Well, this is so important, isn't it? And I want to bring this up when we talk about maybe Northampton later. But that seems to me to be the recipe for success. You know, get young, ta- uh, talented academy products, back them. Because, you know, the future talent's got to come from somewhere. It's probably in your academy somewhere. You've just got to stick with them and you know, see what they do and that's exactly what, what Gloucester So on the subject of the, the, the massive level of competitiveness so what yep. I'm what I'm con- uh, contending is if we just take Gloucester out the out of the equation as an outlier otherwise it's it's more competitive Exeter 10 points clear uh, uh, so take Exeter out the equation as the outlier that they're where we expect them to be there's there's other teams we expected to be better Wasps haven't performed as well as they can do. Saracens now have lost three on the bounce. Yeah. Leicester have sort of Jekyll and Hyde on occasions. They look like they were much better, but they they, they, well, they occasionally slip. So you, what doesn't stack up for you there is you've, 
remove the two outliers, and then you've said that. All right, so just Saracens, Saracens and Wasps then aren't as good as they were, but they've actually been defeated by your two outliers. So, you know, reasonably, you'd say they're probably as good as we expected. Exeter are the class of the league by a country mile. So what I'm saying is it's much more congested because, not because, yeah, I know what you're saying, Gloucester are better, that's contributed, mm. but Wasps and um, Wasps, we can talk about where they are now, but they were, relatively speaking, poor at the start of the season. And Saracens, although haven't played terribly, found themselves on three back-to-back defeats. Yeah. Again, you'd have got, you'd have got unbelievable... Oh, yeah, or five if you count the uh, anglo five, five if you count the anglo Welsh. That I mean, you'd have got probably even longer odds on that. Yeah. yeah. You I wouldn't... think the way you've got to look at it is not who's winning and who's losing to who, but is this team a better or worse version of itself from last year? And in that respect, you've got to say, mate, yeah, probably Saracens are not where they want to be. Whereas no. Exeter have just powered on again. There's another 5%. And we've been adding extra five percent for about four years now. You compound that, and it's a yeah, hell, of, yeah. hell of an improvement. <laughs> well, I suppose today it's not the first time Saracens have lost away at Quinns, and Quinns seem to raise their game for this particular fixture. They do, but the previous two defeats where they lost to Exeter and to Bath. No, uh, was it Bath? Tigers? Who beat Saracens two weeks ago? Oh, who beat Saracens two weeks ago? Gloucester. Yeah, Gloucester. Yeah. So they, oh, they, yeah, cool. so they lost to Gloucester and lost to Exeter away, hmm. uh, and um, they were massively impacted. So whereas Exeter seemed to have this incredible ability to one one guy's out and they bring someone of equivalent level in, yeah. Saracens are not able to do that despite having an incredible um, squad. No, they're not. They're not. I, I'm with you. I I disagree. So you say they're not able to bring them in. They had three England locks playing today. They had Callum Clark, who I thought was going to be signed so, of the season, seems to have underperformed. Yeah, I Jackson w- Ray. I wouldn't say so. Jackson Ray's not Billy Vanapola, but mm. but Billy's no. been missed. But Billy nor is Joel most, Conlon, or nor is. But I've not most seen, of the season. I've not seen Conlon play other than from the bench. He hasn't started yet. Lead. Oh, what's happened? That's all right. That's all right. Just making a buzzing noise. That's fine. Oh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I, I think of it less about today's game, but more the, the previous, previous games two. where mm. you're missing. Uh, like last week, missing Farrell and Lazowski and Mako and Jamie George and Itoji, uh, but and is it quick? These, uh, yeah. See, I, I, this is where I disagree because last year you would not say that the replacements that they would have brought in were inferior. So the the only guy who is irreplaceable in that side, in my mind, is Billy, and he'd be irreplaceable in almost any side because he's so good. The rest of them, there are really good replacements and. You would expect them to win. They just haven't. Well, I think what what I'm just comparing and contrasting with Exeter, and I think Exeter's replacements are closer to the the first choice. Mm, Yeah. So you're right. It's a strange thing to say about Saracens, Mm. given the squad that they're blessed with. Yeah, I mean, Skelton's on the bench, and he was he's probably the largest man in the Premiership. Yeah. Largest yeah. man, he is the largest man in the Premiership. And then you got that's not, and you've got Berger on is, the bench. Is he the best man in the Premiership? He's very good when he came on. He was <sighs> very good. He, I'm not sure. He's busting tackles, carrying hard. I thought he was all right. He made a couple of carries. Yeah, he did all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Shout uh, Brits. Uh, Shout Brits is like class. One, like one for Gallo, Vincent Cock. These guys are basically se- second second choice a lot of the time, and they're bloody good. So that's that's where I stand on, on them. I just think they've 
underperformed a little bit. It's a little bit of a blip. And yeah. like Tim says, yeah, you've got two outliers in there. And what do you know? They lost against the two outliers. I suppose it's hard. It's, you shouldn't really describe Exeter as an outlier. They're only an outlier in the sense that they They're are so much better. They are else. not performing below where we might have imagined that they would. Yeah, um, they are performing. Yeah, they are five percent better than like last year. I just want to briefly say Christmas is coming up. If you haven't noticed, we're in December now. December the as we're recording this, it's December the third. Goodness me, newsflash! I know, incredible. <laughs> so twenty-two days until Christmas. So here's an idea. Okay. Spend four quid on your on the old fella or on your husband or your brother or a cousin or your missus even yeah. whatever uh, because get four quid for an amazing cornerstone razor it will come imagine wrapping up in your christmas wrapping paper just for four quid it will look like way more than that a beautiful cornerstone presentation box with an aluminium heavy weighty engraved razor shaft what a good idea get the initials engraved on it six razors Delivered to you, premium, precision-engineered German razors, award-winning razors. We love them. You will too. Four quid. You cannot go wrong. Uh, just because you listen to us, you get a great deal on it. Cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers. That's cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers or... Egg tent at checkout. Santa Claus, just a little message to you. If you want to buy any to, <laughs> to put in people's stockings, that would be a great shout as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Good 70 work. billion sets or, or whatever it was. <laughs> well, just give one to every... 1.3 or 1.4 billion people in China. Exactly, mate. That's a good idea. There we go. Uh, I, I, you could I'll... podcast for a long time on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So I d- I've prepared a little quiz, which I want to play at this point, which is inspired by, so you no research on your computers now, yeah, uh, but you will need to write down your answers. I don't know how suspicious Tim is. He's not. Let, <laughs> he's not told us what this quiz is for twenty-four Inspired minutes. Inspired by David Pace's red card, Ooh. making him he had the most yellow cards in domestic rugby. He's now one behind Julian White for the most red cards. Ooh. So, and I know Nick Kennedy was very, very unhappy with uh, David Pace. It was a silly red cards giveaway, wasn't it? Very silly. It was. And in the context of the season, with yeah, he's a captain, isn't he? Um, he has been. I'm not. I don't know. Actually, I think he was a captain yesterday. He's, but I don't know. He may. He's have definitely been. captain in the past. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm a big fan of his. I've been many times. He's mm. a. He's a nuggety, tough little player. Um, right. So I've got. I've got a quiz inspired by red cards. Okay. Ooh. So, first question: Two nations have received three red cards at the Rugby World Cup. Since 1987, name the nations. Uh, oh, can I shout out, or do you want me? There's to two of them. Just, just write, write, write down your answers. Uh, so, question one: Two nations have received three red oh, cards. Two nations. Just two nations have had three red cards. Hmm. Not at a single Rugby World Cup, but just overall. Got you. Crikey. Okay. Uh, give me a second. It's just a guess. Right, okay. Okay. Right. What, which tier one nation has received the least number of international red cards? Bloody hell, this is difficult. In- so I'm going to take it from the excluding the Pacific Islands nations, just Sanzar yeah. and, 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 and the six nations. nations. Which of those nations, it's one of those, which one of those nations has received the least number of international red cards? Okay. All right. Five Englishmen have received red cards. 
The first one was Mike Burton in 1975, which I'm oh. not I'm not going to expect you to have uh, to <laughs> I've get. I've just written that down. <laughs> <laughs> How many of the other four can you name? Oh dear! I'll only allow four guesses. I would think you should be able to get one, minimum of one. I think I've got. I think I might have four. You know what? No way. I think I have. No way. Um. I wonder if it. I think I've got. I've, def- w- I've got three. I think I've got one. Who else is there? <clears throat> Who else? You can, you can come back to that. I'm going to give you another. Okay. I'm going to give you another question. Uh, name the Argentinian teenager who famously knocked out England stalwart Paul Ackford oh, to get red carded at Twickenham. Is only in only his second Test match. He was at hooker. Uh, teenager. Uh, okay, can we? Stop no, no. no. The... Teenager at the time. He was a hooker. He second Test match at Twickenham. Punched and knocked out Paul Ackford. Right next. Phil's oh. looking blank, Jay. Yeah, I think you're I am. Right, mate. Okay. Sam Warburton was red carded in the World Cup right semi final against France in 2011. Can you remember the score uh, in yes. that match? Yeah, next. No, but. Oh, Jay's. This Jay is, when it, yeah. When it comes to discipline and yeah. red cards and stuff, Jay loves it. Or ill discipline. <laughs> okay. Maybe it wasn't that. And finally, name the Samoan player to receive two red cards in international rugby, one against England in 2005 and one against South Africa in 2013. Name the Samoan player. Yeah. Uh, sorry. A really good guess, but I'm not sure. Okay. Like, I, it is t- it is tough, but um, do I have to spell it correctly? Thank God, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Do you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna actually say? Name the Samoan winger. Yeah, to uh, receive two red cards in international rugby. I think I, I think I've had it before that. Well, so it, many it sounds clues. like you sounds like you both. Well, uh, is it, see, I'm trying I've to got get a guy the, who was a winger, but he was also something else as well. I'm trying to get the um, Argentinian. Yeah, name, the, name the Argentinian teenager who famously knocked out England stalwart Paul Ackford I can't remember in his, his second name. test match at Twickenham. There was the four England red cards besides the first one for Mike Burton in 1975. Besi- oh, yes, yeah, so five and two. There was the score of Wales v France in the World Cup semi-final when Sam Warburton was red carded and the two nations with the most red cards at World Cups. All right, then. Just give me a minute. On the Argentine. Okay. We'll go. We'll, you can keep guessing until okay. until that question comes up. So the two nations that have received three red cards at a rugby world cup. Uh, I don't know this. Samoan neither do I. No, Wales. I wouldn't guess you. Sorry. I went for Samoan Wales. Uh, I went for um, a bit stereotypically Samoan Tonga. But you got one point because Tonga were one of them. Can- oh. Canada, the other. Canada. Oh. oh. My boy, Jimmy Cudmore. Who I've met and touched. <laughs> <laughs> right. The five Englishmen that have received a red card, excluding oh, we, Mike Burton. Have we not got the f- the fewest uh, red cards in? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, the international, uh, the tier one team, or Sanzar Six Nations team, with the least number of red cards. Fewest. Fewest. Thank you. <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> Wasn't that glorious, that episode of Game of Thrones? It was. When, um, uh, yeah. What's his name? Stannis. Stannis no, Baratheon. Oh, yeah, Stannis. Yeah. It's fewest. Um, sorry, what would you say, Jay? 
Scotland. Uh, I've gone for New Zealand. It is New Zealand. Oh, yes. So, Phil, for all your concern, you're 2-0 up. Okay, so the the four other Englishmen to have received a red card besides Mike Burton. You've both got oh, written I'm, down. I'm so. Just let me write one more down because it's going to be an absolute guess. Yeah. But I'm going to go for this chap. Okay, I've got four down. Go on then. Do you want to go for one? Yep. The only one that I think I've got is Elliot Daly. Correct. I right. have also got Elliot Daly. Last autumn. That's point each. Um, go on, you go. You pick another one, Jay. Simon Shaw. Correct. Ugh. Simon Shaw did get a red card. Uh, Phil. Uh, I've gone for predictably Danny Grucock, but that's incorrect. No, it's correct. Is oh, it? Is Danny Grucock did get did a red card in 1998. Wrong. Wow. So I have got another one. Yeah. Lewis Moody. Is correct. Oh. You've got all four there. So don't mention Harry Ellis. He's <laughs> <laughs> my, my last guess. Okay, then. So so you got two points for that? Two points, oh. and you got one, so it's 4 3. three. Oh, you got oh, Simon, Simon, Simon Shaw. Oh, yeah, Elliot Daly. Yeah, so, so it's three points to four in your favour, Phil. Mm. So uh, now is it the Sam Warburton one? No. No, it's it was Argentine. the Argentinian, the Argentine player who got a red card at Twickenham. So I can't remember the name of the hooker who played for Toulouse. Played until he was 38, then coached at Brumbies and Australia. But it wasn't him, so don't worry about it. So it's not him. Fine. I don't know then. It's Federico Mendes. It is Federico Mendes. And it is, you've got to see this punch. It's like, it looks like a different world. Paul Ackford had his back. Paul Ackford has his back to oh. Federico Mendes and he just wipes him out, <laughs> cleans him right out. You obviously said something, didn't he? So it's four all with a couple of questions left. Here we go. Sam Warburton. So Wa- Wales v New Zealand, what was the score? The World Cup final, I think, was 9-0. No, it? it was 9-7, I think, the World Cup final was. Yeah. Anyway, I believe it was 9-7 also in this semi-final. So... I had it down as 13-9. It's 9-8. 9-8. Oh, do yeah. I get a point for being closer? No, no. you don't. That wasn't part Because of the I remember... Um, I knew they got nine. I remember Lee Harpenny missing the kick. Yeah. Send them through. So I assumed it was seven. God damn it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, might have to come up with a tiebreaker question because the final one is name the Samoan player to receive two red cards in international rugby, one against England in 05 and one against South Africa in 2013. Well, so my original guess on this was Epi Tayoni. And then you mentioned the winger, so I've gone for Tuolangi Senior. Not, no. Which one? Uh, Alessana. Tim, you, your winger. So I had Alessana Tuolangi. Oh, you I, had it already. Oh, sorry. So I, I, oh. remember, I remember him punching a teammate at the time, Lewis Moody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the England game. And, and the other one was an abs... Moody got red card in the same incident. Did Moody also... Got, same, yeah. I thought he got a yellow card for that. Because he went... Because he took Quato high in the air. Quato yeah. runs. Moody hits someone. He hits Moody. Right. No, he gets the red card for taking him in the air. Yeah. Lewis Moody plows in with a punch. Ah, I thought Moody got a yellow yeah. card. Yeah. No, that's right. That's right. So it was. So Phil would have won if I'd not given the clue. Tim. Uh, so I'm Loose gonna, lips. I'm going to go for a... Uh, tie break. A tie break. More red card action. <laughs> so I've already mentioned Julian White as the most red cards. Mm-hmm. Um, if the first, well, 
the in, on a knockout basis, who can name one of the players? And David Pace now has three, but there are one, two, three, four, five players who have two red cards in the Avicii Premiership. Oh my I'll go first. Well, no, well, write one down. <laughs> okay, just in case Phil says the same one, write down your first guess. Okay. Okay, I've got one written down. Then one, one written down. Go on then, JB. Hartley. Incorrect. No! He got wow. red card in the final. He's had two red cards before. Oh, has he? He got one in the Premier League. Unless this, this stats, these stats may be out yeah, of date. No, he called Thingy a cheat. Yeah, um, I remember that one. And oh, he also oh, got... oh, hold on. I'll, uh, That's... It may well be that the, da- the data that I have here is out of date. Yeah. Um, Likely story. Go on, Philip. Uh... So I've got Jim Hamilton. No. No. Hang on. Leicester Northampton, he called the ref a cheat. And he also got sent off against Saracens. I'm sure he did. And didn't he get sent off another time against Le- Leicester for punching uh, Tom Young? Or, oh, or, this, yeah, he elbowed him. Elbow was I've stiff made this an yeah. absolute... I've made this an absolute... What a farce. <laughs> I'm just a, I tried to have a tie-break. I'm just going like, to call it a draw. It's like Craig Maxwell Keyes... <laughs> <laughs> refereeing the Exeter breakdown at the AJ Bell. <laughs> he made it up. He made it up. <laughs> you will find yourself suspended from future pods if carry on like that, JB. Uh, right, it's just a draw, five all. Sorry, Phil, I cheated you out of a win, really. Oh, uh, disgrace. But, wow. It's a moral victory. Now, what someone someone tweeted us, I'll, I'll find out the name in a minute, at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us, and they tweeted with a suggestion. So they listened to us talking in a previous podcast about... We understand why red cards are given, but we'd like red cards to be. If it, yeah, we'd also really like them serious. to be for egregious things like gouging, punching, stamping, that kind mm. of thing. Um, and he suggested orange cards, which apparently happens in other sports. I've never heard of it. Where I understand the principle? I think the, the principle is it works like a yellow card, except the player cannot return to the field but can be it, replaced. It gets replaced and it gets reported as a more serious and it gets reported incident. as a more serious incident. Yeah, mm. I like it. I yeah. don't. I don't have a. I don't have a problem with the yellow red. I think so. I like the NFL rules of ejection. So the player goes. Yeah. But you carry on with the same number of players. Yeah, correct. So maybe a yellow. So still, it's so basically the same as the the orange card. Effectively, the team goes down to ten men temporarily. Uh, ten men, fourteen men temporarily. <laughs> but then you can replace that player. Which I, I quite like that because it does destroy a game especially a really oh, tight cloak it doesn't destroy a game though I think it does say like, say a one having been a, last, a man down for the last 15 minutes yeah Munster but, hammered Glasgow Racing won the top 14 final the other year that is true but there's, there's far Australia more lost to Scotland by a landslide Australia were losing that game anyway mm. Australia were, that it you might have, it uh, might uh, have uh, added an extra try you mentioned Ireland in South Africa another red card victory yeah there's so each player needs to work seven percent harder. Still, I mean, yeah, but still. And, and teams are so well drilled at be playing a man down now. It, it's not. It, it used to be. People used to say a, a yellow card was worth fourteen points. Was worth two tries. Well, it was to Wales. It's nowhere near anymore, unless you are already weak enough that uh, you could concede fourteen points at any ten minutes spell. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with yellow and red cards, to be honest. But I do, at the same time, wish we could put the genie back in the bottle with regards to it, the sliding scale of what equates to a red card. But that's not something we need to get into now. But anyway. Can I mention something? Have yeah. you ever heard of a book called The Grudge? 
No. Is this in France? French rugby? No, it's not. It oh, is, is it Scotland, England? Scotland, England, right? Yeah, okay. It's from a guy... Do you know who Tom English is? Sports writer for, I think, The Times in Scotland. Yeah. And he's wrote this amazing book called The Grudge, which I was reading when we went over over, over to France. Yeah. I want everyone to do this. Go on YouTube and look up the Scotland versus England game from 1990. Okay. Was that the Grand Slam decider? Yes. Tony Stanger scoring in the corner in in Murrayfield. Yeah, it was... You know, David Soul, Scotland captain, I remember that. That's the one. So, um, uh, uh, Jim Jeffries on the flank, um, Calder on Calder on the the other flank. Finley Calder. Finley Calder. Craig Chalmers. That's the one. And English does an amazing job of building this thing up so well and describing exactly what happened in the weeks leading up to the game. He paints an amazing picture about the political situation, Thatcher and how much the Scots hated them and how much they detested Will Carling. Yeah. So they thought, right, I'm going gonna, gonna to watch this game. One of the best games of all time. Almost unwatchable. It was almost unwatchable. <laughs> Why? It just, it's so bizarre so, because there's no lifting in the line Yeah, yeah. So that's the lineups are a lottery. Yeah. The, the referee blows his whistle. This is, you know, no word of a lie, about once every 20 seconds. <laughs> but then they reset so quickly. It's like, scrum, reset, scrum, reset, scrum. It is, uh, it just... The players bind up and engage on their own. Yeah, yeah, there's no... it's No messing about. Yeah, it's like a completely different... It is an sport. alien yeah. sport. I, I remember, um, so I would have been a mi- mini rugby um, at Newbury Rugby Club, and we used to, like, loads of families would get together that Six Nations time. And I remember watching that at a friend's, a friend's house. It was one of my earliest rugby memories, that. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, isn't this for savage? I mean, this is how good. The, I mean, the book is really good. I recommend it to anyone. Um, Scotland coach, who uh, Jim, Jim Telfer, right, is making the lads push on a scrum machine, and then he gets his substitutes and he makes them dive in between the gap where they're pushing on the scrum machine, so the players pushing the scrum machine <laughs> can rock them out of the back. <laughs> <laughs> Rocking harder! <laughs> like, what? Oh, I used to like. I know it sounds it sounds very un PC now, but I used to love a good like shoeing when someone was on the wrong side of a ruck, and you just you let let the the opposition police it and ruck ruck that guy out. You're not going to do that again. Yeah. Well, the, and also the, prob- the problem is people just did do it again. Yeah. Because because it's it's like a badge of where you wear the. The stud marks like a badge of honour. Exactly, people so like it, it doing didn't it. actually police. Yeah, it didn't actually police anything. Like a Lewis they just, Moody, they just take a shoe in. Someone like a Lewis Moody used to make, you know, his living by being more mental than the next yeah. person. And I was at a game against. Um, this is my last story on rucking. Um, <laughs> old Winians, mate. No, old Winians. Yeah. Um, old Anselmians in Colwyn Bay, and it's a pre-season game. And the ref does his talk, and this oh. is when. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's all right. Sorry. Okay then. Okay then. And this must be like 13 years ago, and it's just when rucking was kind of becoming illegal, and they started to try and regulate. Like, okay, maybe you can only shoe his face, and you can only do it twice, that kind of thing. (laughs) Anyway, the referee took it very seriously. He says, "No feet on anyone," and we were baffled because you just put your feet on people. What's going on here, Tim? I'm just getting you some music while you tell your story. Oh, thanks. Um, Hold on. You'll see. So, like, so how do we get this guy out of the ruck? Because it's easy. You come here, and he actually pulled someone out, and he made someone lie on the floor, and you got another player. He said, right, you go to his feet, I'll stand by his head. And on the count of three, we're going to lift him, and we're going to move him out the ruck. What? Like you're lifting furniture? Like you're lifting furniture. <laughs> and we were 
this is what you want us to do to get a man out the ruck. This, this is exactly what I want you to do. What? Yeah. That was a really bad effort at me getting the, Hov- <laughs> the, Hov- the Hovis music, by the way. It really, really added to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it re- really did. Um, yeah, no, I, d- I don't want to be one of those guys that sounds like it was better in the good old days. That's not what I'm saying. It's, it's a different sport. It's a different game now. Yes, it's a completely but, different game. Which is, which is why it was so nice to see, although the players kept a lid on it, but it was nice to see almost a fight in the Quinns v Saracens They match. hate each other, don't they? Yeah. Which is weird, because they're probably all mates in yeah. England camp. But there was a lot of uh, testosterone flying about. There was a couple of nice moments in the... Actually, I know, straight after the game, the, like you say, they're fierce rivals, but then great mates and you know what? there was Quins. a lovely moment in the tunnel before the game Jamie George and Carl, Carl Sinclair as Jamie George was was running out they did a little handshake and a wink and uh, as, as they were walking out Jamie George seems like he's great mates with everyone I he, think he's, he's really like a nice guy though he's really good mates with Elliot Daly as well isn't he I don't know yeah those two are always mucking about on Instagram together well doing bottle flipping and coffee pouring did you see what, what Elliot usual. Daly did you hear what Elliot Daly was doing this week uh, the week just gone in no. training he was rapping all James Haskell's stuff in cling film oh excellent well done <laughs> well done you speaking of rapping did you see the uh, sale bus videos from their win away at Worcester no I saw the changing room one but what was the bus? No, we need to see this. Is this on Instagram stories or something? It, yeah, it's probably disappeared by now. Uh, because James O'Connor was rapping Eminem. Was he? <laughs> yeah, with his bleached blonde hair. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> um, if only I was allowed to speak to him, I'd ask him to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> probably could, you could get within 100 feet of yeah. him. <laughs> but that restraining order wasn't uh, in place. <laughs> Hmm. Um, I've just uh, I've just l- tried to Google it, and all I've come up with is James O'Connor seems to take pride in building his rap sheet. I don't think I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's what they're talking about. Close enough. <laughs> That'll do. There's other types of raps we could mention, but um, anyway. <laughs> well, just going back to Quinn's wasps a second. Quinn's wasps. Yeah. Oh, well, no, Quinn sorrys, but also Quinn's wasps, right? Quite on the sly. Oh, Quinn's one of the most annoying teams. I don't mean like their inconsistency, their form, as in the personalities that they have, just to get underneath your skin. Marla. Marla's good. Marla's Marla and Sinclair Marla, as well. Marla, Sinclair, Kerr. Kerr, yeah. Brown. Like Brown. Brown's good at... What, what about Hall? Hall likes to, you know, put it about a bit. Yeah. And then um, Rob Shaw wanders around looking disappointed at them all. Oh, what a <laughs> hero that man is. <laughs> Rob It is the moment of the season so far the squirting water at James Haskell? Probably. As, As in, uh, like, certainly the wind-up moment of the season is definitely that. Because you but can't the, do that, sir, and then Danny Kerr squirts more water in his face. Yeah. <laughs> on his but, way the, off. but the Haskell <laughs> takedown is brilliant. Yeah, it's an awesome... It's an, yeah, I think that's... Uh, that's my moment of the season so far. <laughs> Ooh, I might go and watch it later. <laughs> um, but again, talking about the... Uh, Talking about the good, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying good old days. That's not what I mean. But if you want to go and look back at something, it's only a few years ago. But go look it back at Tuilagi slamming Ashton in the face. Oh my I've God. never seen anything like that on a rugby field in the last, takes it. since then. And he takes it, he takes it, stands up, and doesn't Tuilagi only get a yellow? <laughs> I think so. He did get a, quite a long. I think he might have got a seven-week ban or something my, for that. Yeah. Well, did he get a red and Ashton got a yellow? Was that what happened? Maybe. Maybe. Ashton's push. Ashton, who is playing remarkably at fullback for Toulon and scoring tries for fun. Does it surprise you he's playing fullback? 
It does, yeah. It doesn't surprise me. I think he'd probably be very well suited to it. He's got a remarkable sense of timing. And his positioning's always been quite good. Well, his, his timing is very good offensively. I still got questions on it defensively. Because that's what held yeah. him back from England. I mean, he reads the game well. Offensive, offensively. I guess you can... He reads you know. it better than anyone offensively. But are Toulon actually winning games? Because it feels like he's scoring tries and they're losing games. Well, they smashed Leon this weekend. Oh, did they? By 39 points to 12 or something And like is that. that quite an English thing that you've just touched upon there, where rather than celebrating... What they can do. What, what the, yeah. the, the great things that they can do, the... The th- the one small th- the thing they can't do is a limiting factor. You look at guys like Christian Wade, although albeit his defence was outstanding for Wasps. Mm. Yeah, James Simpson Daniel yeah. is a great example. There's loads of them, isn't there? Yeah, you know, there's there's many Benders. rugby bodies littered Benders. around the road. Yeah, yeah, it is a, a very English thing to do. He still got he must have got twenty or thirty caps. Ashton, did he get that many? Probably around that. Yeah. Uh, so, should we talk about the Wasps game? Sure. Because yeah. we're there. Yeah. What do you think? Tim was there. I think that Wasps are bona fide again. I tend to think they're back. With. Yeah. Sippers, Sippers. makes a big difference. Rob, yeah. Robson makes a huge difference. What about Leicester? That's without Launchbury and Hughes as well, let's not forget. Yeah, two no big players. But Nizam, oh, Nizam Carr is a. A decent replacement. He's not, he's not quite the same, but he's a decent replacement. Think they'll keep Hughes. him. He's going back to Storm, as he said, for the next Super Rugby season. But mm. he looks like a good signing. I mean, if the money's right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Everyone be, has a price. Yeah, he'll be on more. <laughs> Certainly, when he converts it back into Runs. Rand, he'll be on a lot more at Wasps <laughs> than he is at Stormers hmm. or anywhere else he wants to go. Watch, watch this space. I, I tell you what, I think he's having a good season is Gareth Owen. And I was a little bit sus- suspect of this signing. But he seems to do th- do a pretty good job for Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, playing in the centre. Powerful lad. Seems to always make a break. Although he always then seems to get tackled or, makes, or, or make the wrong decision. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's okay, but he's, 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 he's a squad player. He's, yeah. He's a squad player. He's never going to be a first choice. No, well, not if Tamu was fit. Yeah. Do you know any more uh, about um, him? Well, Tuolangi was... Was was very nearly selected, uh, or he was very. Like, you know, Matt O'Connor said he was. He trained all week, and they considered him, mm. and uh, just just made the call in, in the last minute not to. Um, but how naive was it of Leicester at that stage in the game, off the top ball, messing around with it? It was just I was just couldn't believe what I was seeing. But yeah. I wonder. I, I'd wondered if could that be the fact that. George Ford was the captain at that point, not Tom Youngs. I wonder if Tom Youngs was still on the field and captain, whether he would have got, he would have just made the call, right? We're up the jumper. Let's let's yeah. take a draw. And George Ford, being George Ford, he's like, I want this ball. Give it, yeah. give it me off. Give it me off. The and top. it would make sense that theory, wouldn't it? Because if you're George Ford, you back yourself enormously. Absolutely. And if that's what you do, and you know, conversely, I guess Youngs would back himself too. Easy to hindsight is twenty twenty, but it just. In that stage of the game, it just seemed having worked so hard to get yourself level. Um, yeah, it just seemed like a really naive call. Uh, Jonah Holmes was he just good on the highlights, or was he good when you watched him? Intercept try, which he took well to fend off Wade. Yeah, uh, he took his other try. It was fairly routine wingers finish his other try. It was two, two well matched teams, mm. and 
Yeah, it was it was a good game. It was brilliant how many Avicii Premiership matches were were tight like that. Um, yeah, well, uh, the, the 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 Bath Exeter score looked tighter than it really was. Yeah, that was Exeter in cruise control, taking their foot right off the gas. Well, they, yeah, they had the bonus them. bonus point before half time, and doing exactly as Exeter do, which is beating Bath up in the forwards, like steamrolling them in the forwards, and then. When they've got the platform, just nice little hands, bit of skill from the backs, crash over in it's the corner. It's amazing, isn't it, that anyone in that extra pack is not considered by Eddie Jones <laughs> because they don't do enough hard carrying. I know. We're talking about Don Armand. The Don Armand one is astonishing. but You don't carry hard enough. I don't know what else he needs to do. <laughs> 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 but this is one of the reasons that England are going to come unstuck now. It's all, it's all, it's <laughs> you, all you're unraveling. Still, you're still going on that one. Yep, I'm, um, I'm on record because I want it to be on record nice and early what's going to happen. I just know <laughs> these things. Like you're on record that um, Haskell is a shoe-in for the seven shirt until the World Cup. I didn't say shoe-in. I, th- I thought he'd get back, get back in the squad. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I think a lot of him, I, I don't think he's ever getting back in that England squad. Mm, he's got to play very, very, very well. Yeah. I'd love to know where they wrote the, that Gloucester pair. In the England reckoning, I'd, I think they won't be on the radar really yet. No, Pelledri, certainly no. not. Well, no, he's, he's Italian actually, so definitely not. <laughs> Ludlow, I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, he's a solid player, but Pelledri's not Italian. Ooh, his dad's as Bristolian as they come. So he's played for. Interesting, you should say that Italy under twenties. Is he playing for Italy under twenties? He, he, he has played. played. So he's 22 now. He has played for. Oh, Italy I see. Under 20s. Was he overlooked? At- by England then clearly presumably but if he plays for Italy under 20s That's my, it, my guess is that because Italy don't have a second team that would be their second because Italy don't really have a seventh team either. really that means he's now he's not English qualified that can't so be my right my assumption would be that he is I don't I'm not he must have that. his EQP right because everyone raves about that like that's what you need basically to, like for a lot of players he's that a, will be he, the difference between starting and not he'll get his academy credits won't he yeah but he might not necessarily have his English qualified player. Wow. Well, actually, let's just go back to something you said before the podcast. What was this Victor Vito stuff? Oh, yes. So there's there's a story uh, doing the rounds. Again, it could just be clickbait stuff. And there's no, it's not got to any advanced stage. But Mar Nonu, Stephen Luatua, Victor Vito. No, not Victor Vito. Um, Stephen Luatua, a couple of others have joined Charles Piatau in saying they would like to play for a Pacific Island nation in a future World Cup. Mm. What they need is for World Rugby to relax their laws on playing for more than one nation if there's been a gap of time between between it. Mm. What is that? Oh, well, it's, I mean, there's nothing concrete. It's just them saying they would like to represent yeah. a different nation. No, it's not saying the laws have changed, so they will. It's yeah. that there's a growing number of players who've played for New Zealand, Australia, or whatever, who would like to should it be allowed mm. I don't know uh, I, I don't necessarily like the idea of playing for two nations or do I I'm just trying to think of this no I'm fine with it I think you should be able to go down but not up yeah we spoke about that before yeah. I, I could go with that and as long as there's a significant amount of time between playing for one nation and another, more than two years yeah I think more than two it should years. be like a residency or or short of a residency I don't know five, it should be short of a residency because five years is too yeah. much Maybe two or three. three. Yeah. Well, well, I don't think you should be able to play in consecutive World Cups for two different nations. That's a good point. Which mm. is why I think four. But Yeah. 
So if you don't pay it playing the World Cup, feel free to move on. And also, you should be able to if you're not selected. We should have the Barbarians World Cup team. Oh my! So it, if my you're not se- if you're not selected, you can play in the I Barbarians. I can't be happy. I can't. It's a lovely romantic <laughs> idea, but that, that that can never happen. Oh, oh, Why? So good. So good. And what, so everyone good. would have a second team. So where would the Rugby World Cup live if if they won it? Oh, that's the JB Cup somewhere. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nomadic. Yeah, no, can't be. It would show up no. to all, all all of a sudden the Barbarians would be a real brand again. They would take the Rugby World Cup with them wherever they went. Presumably, the Rugby World Cup would have to go, to go back to Dublin because that's where World Rugby headquarters are. We need some. Yeah. Oh, God, that'd be a disaster. Wouldn't it's it? not. It's not that. Here. It's not, not that I'm a big fan of nationalism, but I, oh, I want a bit. I want <laughs> a bit first. more. I want a bit more than that. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Uh, former All Blacks: Mar Nolly, Stephen Luatu, Victor Vito have joined Charles Piatau and Frank Halai as players who would link to a switch to a Pacific Islands nation for the next Rugby World Cup. Uh, Piatau and Halai, who've both got have Tongan an- ancestry, want World Rugby to loosen the eligibility rules to allow capped players to return to Tier Two nations. An identical policy has been introduced in Rugby League, mm-hmm. and the daily uh, and the oh god, I can't believe I feel dirty now. It's someone else reporting a Daily Mail story. Ooh. Um, they report Nonu and Vito could also make <laughs> themselves available for Samoa under the proposal. Uh, Piatau said, "If there's a way to do it." I want to give something back and play for Tonga at the 2019 World Cup. Mm. Now I've earned my millions from Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I no longer can make money from the All Blacks. Can I make money from Samoa, please? Or Tonga. <laughs> but it goes to show that, you know, money is one thing, but playing in World Cups is special. Yeah. And I think it is. And Charles Piatel made his choice and no one would begrudges him that. But there's a. There's there's a choice and there's a consequence, mm-hmm. and he made his choice. Yeah, mm. it'd be interesting to see, and I don't. You would never get the, a true answer, but if he had his time again, if he had those two options on the table, win a World Cup, or sign at the time that he did, I think I know which one he would choose. I think I know which one he would choose. Tony Wilson, who's a, a famous Mancunian, mm. he he said he he uh, founded Factory Records. And so and the window, I, I started the whole mu- Manchester music thing, the Hacienda Brilliant. and all that. Um, he uh, he said, you either make money or history. Mm. So well, Charles, Charles Piatal made... Both. Yeah, I mean, Bill yeah. Gates would disagree with him. <laughs> <laughs> right, other games. Yeah, go on. Can I, can I briefly touch on the Pro 12? Yes, oh, you please may. do the, the Pro 14. Sorry, Pro 14. I have still still not quite got it in my head. Just like I've still not quite got Zebra in my head. I tell you what, the, the, we can Zebra. we can briefly Zebra. we can Zebra. briefly name every single one of the people watching the Cheetahs Scarlets <laughs> game. Uh, John, um, David, David, and Steve. That was it. Yeah. No, now the, we've got to be like a ruin in, in there. <laughs> oh yeah, there was ruin. Yeah, and, and Yo- John, Johan, Yo- Johan, and John. Yeah, that was it. That's the five of them. Um, so two games to touch on because they're the ones I've seen. Cheetahs, Scarlets, mm. Cheetahs. So it is a depleted Scarlets team. Depleted audience. Depleted audience. Do you know Cheetahs? So Scarlets scored a couple of brilliant tries. They did yeah. Cheetahs. Craig Barry sounds like the wo- most Welsh man ever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Craig Barry is an electric uh, South African winger who scored. He's got two tries. One of the which will be a contender for try of the season. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Brilliant like. from you inside know, his own half. You mock the attendance at the Cheetahs game. Absolutely, I do. Right it was so, awful. Because there's no one there. 
<laughs> it's going to turn itself around because South Africa love rugby. The Cheetahs are actually really good. And they've got some, like, maybe not in this game, the biggest name was Mike Phillips in this game. Uh, and James, uh, silver medalist, Olympic silver medalist James Davis. Yeah. But there will be some big players they'll, going there. Yeah, they have Glasgow. Well, ha- they have had Glasgow going there. They've, ha- they've had When you have Leinster going, there. going there, you'll have like two, three times British, British and Irish Lions I going there. I just think it's time to bed in. The more this goes on, the more of a good idea I think it actually is. And it's a great break to your season to go and have two weeks in South Africa. Oh, I'd love to know what the viewing figures are in South Africa. I, I mm. can imagine it's not much. And I, it's like going to be absolutely critical... Is anyone in South Africa going to watch if there's not a South African team in the playoffs? I would say zero. Yeah, you're right. Un- unlikely. But I mean, and what the does other... the league table look, look like now? Well, the other problem for, from a South African perspective is, are there going to be... Well, so right now there are zero South African national squad players playing for that Cheetahs team. There's three. As in, in that game. Oh, right, sorry. Because wait, South yeah, Africa yeah. and Cheetahs were playing at the same time. Yep. But yeah, the question is, how many are going to stay seasons going forward? Or will they just go to Super Rugby? And the other thing is, they have to run two squads for the Curry Cup as well. Yeah. And apparently they're very, very good in the Curry Cup. They were very good at the Curry Cup. This year they're not. And that is a big problem for them. Yeah. Uh, But are are they in playoff contention? They must be right up there now. Oh, yeah. They are. They need... Purely standing back from any supporting any club. So they're third. They need in, a South African team in those playoffs. Otherwise, it's just yeah. going to f- completely fizzle out and garner no interest whatsoever. How many playoffs are there? It's not just the top four, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Is it? It'll mm. be tough for them to get because Glasgow and Munster are. Well, Glasgow well, aren't doing that well, are they? Glasgow are still unbeaten. Munster are seven points ahead of them in the league. Yeah, ten wins. Sorry, seven wins to six wins. So, but the bonus points. Oh, I see. Oh dear, never mind. But uh, the other game, just to briefly mention, Be- Benetton, my team, my boys, <laughs> your boys. I've seen my Benetton top. I have, yeah. Got, got, I've got myself a Benetton top now. So, oh, oh, they, so they got you, so to, uh, in to the course of this podcast, you supported Bath. Then Exeter. I've never supported Bath. You did. You did. Bath for a you did. No, I did. I've always liked the kit. <laughs> no, 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 no! I'm not. I'm not criticizing. No, I've always liked the kit. I'm just. I'm not criticizing. I'm just I documenting. Still love Exeter. No, no, yeah, I know. You've always loved Exeter, but you. Still you Exeter. had a massive, massive thing for Bath. You did. Yeah, yeah, you did. Because right, I'm, I'm not criticizing. Yeah, you're getting very defensive. No, no. Bath, yeah, is, yeah. Bath is one of the grandest clubs. Yeah. Grandest sports teams. Yeah. In I love world going, sports. I love going to Bath. Yeah. It's Brilliant. amazing. Yeah, yeah, I know. So what I'm saying is, you, 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 you had a. A love affair with Bath, a love affair with Exeter. Still having love that's, affair that's been with a, That's been a long-standing... That, that would be like uh, you know people who have adulterous affairs over many, many years. That, that's, uh, <laughs> that's your Exeter. Um, it might even be a second wife that you uh, have in a house somewhere more else like, in the country. M- maybe it's more like... You know, this, <laughs> oh, like lead, lead, lead. Oh, oh thank you. Oh, that's because I'm, le- I'm, I'm leaning on it. Maybe it's more like uh, the... Like the university fling that I just can't, I can't not stop texting. <laughs> I mean, I don't have one of them on my phone. I don't, I don't. Um, yeah, but no, the, the idea is I'm going to try and get into Italian rugby. See, see if I can enjoy it. See what they're feeling. So, so yeah, also say so to document Bath, Exeter, Sale. Then you you were flirting with the idea of Worcester a couple of weeks ago, but now Benetton have got your affections. Mm. You're well, a, you're a rugby hussy. <laughs> so that's the beauty of not supporting a team. You can support them all. Mm. Now I've, I am monogamous now. 
your um, exclusive. Exclusive, exclusive, single-minded, uh, albeit my first team is probably England, then Ulster, then the entirety of the Avicii Premiership, then my beloved Hurricanes, which I'm actually wearing a Hurricanes top mm. right now. See, I would say Wales are so far below, are so far <laughs> below my love for Bath, Exeter, Sale, <laughs> Sale Benetton, Benetton, Cheetahs, and Glasgow. And Glasgow, yeah. I support more rugby teams than than Snoop Dogg supports NFL teams. <laughs> you need NFL. to get a number ten shirt, then, don't you, with the your man? What a the, 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 it's Benetton that um, 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 uh, McKinley plays McKinley, for. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, what that a is a great story. That is a great story. Dean Budd. Well, you're learning. Good, yeah. good, good man. Uh, I, people, I, I, I've, I've, Captain. I've spoken to a couple of people. <laughs> at, Allen. I've spoken to a couple of people at games recently that that don't believe me when I they think I'm saying it. When they go, "Who's your team?" I don't have one. They don't believe me. I don't have a team, and it's it's the only thing I can say is I used to go and watch Bath when I was a kid back in the Victor Abogu Gareth Chilcott days. Gareth Chilcott was my favourite player when I was. When I was a well, the more you get to know people, the more you support their individual success. I I find like you always supported London Irish. Well, no, I haven't. I've I've, basically I supported whoever Nick was playing for. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Sale, Nottingham, London Irish, whoever. I just used to follow them, but London Irish were also my local club growing up. I want Leon to win if you know, say Carl Ferns is playing, or if Sale if. any of the boys you talked to there, yeah, or Leicester if uh, Tom Brady's playing, or anyone that I've interviewed, I kind of root for them, or. Maitland, great mates. Great mates. I've not interviewed him, but we are great mates. <laughs> he doesn't drink. <laughs> he definitely doesn't drink. Definitely doesn't that drink. Much. <laughs> <laughs> the one other game that I just wanted to mention in the Pro 14 uh, was the Dragons Ulster game, which was a spectacular game if you were neutral. It was an unbelievably infuriating game as an Ulster supporter. Uh, Dragons actually looked really good, and Henson ran the show quite well. But Ulster kept on getting ahead, and then lo- going behind, and then Dragons would come back into it, and then Ulster would go ahead, and then he'd- Dragons would come back into it. And then Ulster undeservingly drew level in the 79th minute, and Leo Leofano had uh, a relatively easy kick to win the game and fluffed it. And so probably a deserved draw for the Dragons. Hmm. The best performance or the most noticeable performance, other than Henson, uh, was probably Craig Gilroy, who feels, I imagine he feels uh, Stockdale's uh, presence quite a lot because Gilroy was supposed to be the next exciting winger. He is quite exciting. He's got great feet. Yeah, but he was supposed to be doing it at the national stage and he's... He's kind of been in around the squad when there's people been away and injuries, but not done it. Not done it in the same way that Stockdale has done it uh, in this autumn series. Hmm. So he's he took two tries very well. And the biggest joke of all the Pro 14, you want to talk about the Ospreys very briefly and absolutely <laughs> battered on um, again this weekend. Yeah, by Munster. Munster. And uh, I, do you know what? Ian Keatley's playing very nicely for them. Hmm. And uh, someone that I thought was just going going there to kind of I don't know. Just be a squad player, but well, Mun- it, Munster. Rory Scannell. Scannell's a good player. Scannell, inside centre, looks yeah, really yeah. good. He is a good player. He's a good carrier. They're good kind hands. of when you actually look at the names on their team sheet, they're kind of a sort of. It seems like a hodgepodge, but they're they're playing really nicely at the minute. So I think at the moment they've probably rested a load of the guys who've been playing for Ireland because they've got uh, Champions L- Cup double mix. up against Leicester. We should get into uh, the weekend's rugby ahead. Should we do that? 
Let's do it. Let's do. Uh, do I want to mention one, one more thing on the Pro 12? Did someone lose a win, which is exciting? Um, no, Glasgow just just beat Cardiff. One Glasgow. thing I will just uh, mention is that the uh, Dubai Sevens is the opening stage of the World Seven Series, which kicked off this weekend as well. England got third place. I'd love to go to South Dubai Africa, Sevens. who were the champions last yeah. year, won it. South yeah. Africa dominating once again. Shall we put it on our to do list next year? What's go that? to Dubai Sevens. Dubai or Hong Kong? I think I probably prefer that's, Dubai. That's July. Either, either or. July. We've got nothing else to do in July. San, oh, San Francisco. San Francisco. Well, let's do that as well then. Yeah. So Perfect. Uh, I'm just going to remind you that tickets for the Rugby World Cup Sevens in San Francisco in July is open now and ticket sales are going brilliantly well. It's going to be an amazing event. What's really cool about San Francisco is you could ski in Lake Tahoe <laughs> drive a couple of hours to San Francisco and have someone here with it, and, with and have a big party and then head down the coast to the beach. Uh, I did uh, California, that West Coast, in April this year and did Yosemite National Park, San Francisco, LA, the Pacific Highway. It's an amazing place. So right. it, it, good holiday, which you can tag on a Rugby World Cup. Hmm. Tickets available now. Eggchasers.com. Not eggchasers.com. <laughs> Not eggchasers.com, but I'm hopeful... That uh, <laughs> if we get out there, we we might be able to host some some events in San Francisco Ooh. for like the like you know there's apre ski. We'll do the apre rugby. Everyone yeah. everyone gets tanked up, dressed up for the sevens, and then they come and um, and we'll make sure they have a good night. Right. Why don't you tell everyone about uh, our our Madrid trip then, as we're doing. Trips, All right. And then we'll go into next week's games. Yeah. So March tenth, eleventh is the weekend of the Six Nations. But it's also a weekend when we're going to be going celebrating and investigating and and supporting Tier 2 Rugby in their concurrent competition, the European Rugby... Champions Nations Champion Cup. Nations Cup final. Country Cup Final yeah. Cup. Yeah, so <laughs> the Tier 2 tournament, and we're going to go and see... Rugby Nations S- Cup. Rugby Nations, European... European what, Rugby Nations Cup. Whatever it's called. No, no, is it Rugby Europe Cup? Anyway... We went. We went to. We went to. Uh, they need to work on their branding. We went to Bucharest in March to see Romania v Georgia. We're going to see Spain v Germany. Two of the really exciting emerging tier two nations. Uh, it's also a great opportunity just to get together in a nice sunny place, have a bunch of bevies, watch a load of Six Nations rugby on the Saturday. That we, we could be a game even on on the Friday and, and social drinking on the Friday. There was no game on the Friday. No game. Okay. No so game just on just. Enjoying Madrid and a bit of social on the Friday night. Six Nations rugby and some drinks in Madrid all day. The Sunday, a rugby brunch live podcast, followed by Spain versus Germany, followed by because the fullback, the, the fullback, the full time will be the start of Wales versus Italy, the final Six Nations game, Sunday night out. But in amongst that, I mean, JB and I, we, we, we got our direct sources at World Rugby last week when we were at the World Rugby Awards, didn't we? Oh, my. Oh, my. The um, the surprises are bona fide. <sighs> they certainly are, mate. They certainly are. I get quite, exci- quite, quite, quite excited just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> we've only got about 30, 30, ticket, 30 tickets left. We've, hold, we've sold 170, which is maximum. You're kidding. No. And they've... Managed to squeeze in an extra thirty odd places. So if if you want them, they are whereabouts. Because some people have been asking whereabouts in Madrid is the venue. Because I think it's worth trying to get a place near the venue for the podcast. Because that's going to be tough to get up on a Sunday for brunch. I have no idea, mate. It's somewhere 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 centrally in Madrid. What's it called? 
O'Neills? Is that where it is? is that <laughs> yes, the... it is. But without looking at all my emails and stuff. The O'Neills, it's a tapas bar in Madrid. Yeah. Uh, find out the location of that, because a lot of people... Well, just book your flights. March 10th, 11th. Uh, 10th, 11th. Some people are coming on the Saturday morning. Some people coming on the Friday. Uh, I'll be going on the Friday. Um, we're on. We're out on the Friday. You're out on the Friday, Friday right? Brilliant. Oh, so, it's Friday, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what else would I be doing? So uh, just just book your tickets because flights are dirt cheap from all over the UK and Ireland at the minute. Get yourself out there. There'll be a load of rugby fans. It'll be a brilliant way to watch the Six Nations. And I, actually, I've got to say, for all the travelling out to Bucharest and stuff, it worked out a much cheaper day on the piss watching Six Nations. Oh yeah, by a mile. Yeah. Oh, no, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. I mean, you say it no. Didn't. If you'd have had the same amount of drink, yeah, I did in England. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's a good point. So the drinks were very cheap. It still, it wasn't. Our habits were very expensive. It wasn't a cheap day, though. Yeah, yeah, but if you will frequent those type of places, no, they didn't go to those type of places. Yeah, we spent an awful lot of money. <laughs> I'm just so excited to see everyone. Yeah, we, we we actually increased the GDP of Romania by two percent that weekend. Yeah. The the venue that we had the we invited people to drinks for the Six Nations on the Saturday. It was the biggest ever taking. Yeah, bearing in mind this was in March, so out of season when there's yeah. tourists there is. They, they said, "When can you come again?" That was the that was the biggest day of takings ever by some distance. By as a well. distance. They were very happy with well, us. Well, we didn't do it all ourselves. We have our fans to thank. Well, absolutely. So there's a load of us coming out. So uh, get yourself flights booked up. Details on our Facebook page, Egg Chasers. Just search there. and Or you can email, if you've got any questions, contact eggchasers at gmail.com and I'll, 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 we'll help as much as we can. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, next week's games. Europe. Right. And I've I've picked a game of the week as well. Brilliant. So, so starting off, that there are some corkers this week as well. Sorry, Challenge Cup fans. Yeah, well, we'll do the sale game because they're playing someone, aren't they? Uh, are they? Don't care. Cardiff. Big Cardiff. Game. Oh, is yeah. Is it? Is it? Huge, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's huge. Um, so, starting off, Friday Night Lights. Oh, wait, there is no, there's normally a game on a Thursday night, isn't there? It's usually Challenge Cup. Yeah, Challenge Cup game on a Thursday night is... Uh, Toulouse versus Lyon. Mm. So that'd be quite interesting. Ish. Um, okay, Friday Night Lights, Glasgow host Montpellier. Glasgow half they're pretty they've got one foot out of the competition already yeah. so they're 0 and 2 2 and 0 I 0 and 2 don't think Glasgow can win this actually I mean I really want them to win it they're 10 10 from 10 in the Pro 14 good outfit great club I really want them to win it I just think Montpellier will be too big and too powerful but they are travelling aren't they Montpellier travelling yeah mm. different outfit give me Glasgow 
rekindle their hopes. Yeah, I'm going to go Glasgow as well. Glasgow find themselves on zero points. Yeah. Leinster have 10, Exeter have eight. So many people would point, would probably suggest Glasgow are out unless they get back-to-back wins against Montpellier. Which mm. would be tricky. It will be. but they, I, So for that reason, I think, because they're still in it and they're at home, I think Glasgow will win. Yeah. And we've got all the Scottish players back as well. They'll be yeah. And a lot of them will have been rested this weekend, just yep. gone as well. Well, a lot of them will have taken a week to get over the hangover. That <laughs> yeah. Some of them appeared like they might have had it. Um, <laughs> then well earned as well. So that's in pool three. Yeah. Then on Saturday, uh, jumping to pool five at one p.m. We've got Scarlet hosting Benetton. Your team, JB. Here we go, boys. They're the two bottom sides. Um, Benetton have one point. Scarlets have two. And Bath and Toulon have eight points in that pool. That looks a weak pool. Benet- um, Benetton are dual, like relative. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's well, no, no, there's lots of big teams, but but um, best team in Italy. Toulon aren't 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 <laughs> where they normally are. Um, Scarlets yeah. haven't played well. Bath aren't where aren't quite as strong as they could be. But this is the pool that you would expect uh, a second placer to come from because you'd you would generally historically get ten points from. From uh, Benetton, I yeah. think Benetton are a, a dual win in this competition. So are they hosting Scarlets? Uh, they are away at Scarlets. No, maybe week after them. So Scarlets ha- will just have flown back from South Africa, but give me Scarlets. Yep. Then sticking with Pool Five, we've got the other fixture: Toulon hosting Bath. I think Toulon will be too strong. Toulon at home. Mm-hmm. Then uh, in Pool Two, Northampton host Ospreys. Ooh, what a disgusting game. Yeah. With Claremont <laughs> oh, and Saracens that's in their pool. This is really bad. Yeah. So the bottom two, Northampton on zero points, Ospreys on three points, but where did Ospreys get three points from? That's a bonus points. Oh yeah, bonus, bonus points. points yeah. Two against Saracens because they were close and they got one and they against got... one against Claremont. Uh, Northampton. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. But at the same time oh this isn't a great fixture either. At the same time, 5.30 on Saturday. Cast host Rassing. Again, the two bottom sides. Uh, basically, Saturday. If you, if, if you can only get one day in front of the telly, make it Sunday. Yeah. Oh, damn it, I can only do Saturday. <laughs> I've got to go to, to see Father Christmas on a train on Sunday. Oh, my God. Kill me. I'm going to throw myself in front of the take train. Him some corners, I thought, I thought take my him some weekend, cornerstone raises. Yeah. For his sack. I thought my weekend this weekend was bad. That sounds awful. No, I, I went no, to it's not steam train, mate. I love steam trains. So no, positive. I, I Friday night, I was watching Northampton v Newcastle. By the way, how disgusting was that kit oh. uh, clash? Well, not clash. Oh. It wasn't a clash, but just the two kits together just looked just, horrendous. The other talking point from that game: um, how has Courtney Laws got uh, a top, top knot? Has, has he how had... have we not mentioned that before now on the podcast? Well, I think this was the first time it's appeared, but I'm sure. I can't remember his hair being long enough for no, a top knot like two weeks extensions. ago. Extensions? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hair ex- I was thinking hair extensions. It's a terrible top knot. It's a, it's a bad looking top knot. Mm. Uh, is it worth mentioning Matavesi dominating through the 10-12 channel? Is it worth mentioning that it's a nice idea but it's a big ass to put Grayson in at fly half and that backfires? Huge ass, yeah. mate. And Huge. It feels like, so RC Tuala who's been playing 15 and been playing very well has he's dropped to the bench because Malinder wants to play fifteen, but him playing fifteen means that Grayson plays ten, which just you're kind of like, 
weakening the whole loop of your team by well, doing well, that. Francis was available, but they didn't. But they didn't him. start him. Malinder has got to learn to tackle, technique-wise properly. He's going to get himself like badly injured. And he's, talking about tackles and stuff. are just so passive as well. I mean, he does make them. Whereas Grayson just... Yeah, I suppose he's only 21 still. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's Grayson, like 20, maybe? Maybe younger than maybe younger. Yeah. And he really struggled with Matavesi. Um, between the two of them, they just... Matavesi is enormous, though. He is, yeah. But between the two of them, they, they just don't really offer anything yeah. defensively. Anyway. Fact, anyway. That was a late win as well. So all the televised it games was. on BT Sport were all dramatic late wins. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, the Bath Exeter one, not. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're all saying Northampton, yep. but not a great game. And Cast Rassing. Yeah. I don't uh, know who's going to win that. One of them's Cast, win. Cast are doing reasonably well this season. Yeah, they're, they're on seven wins out of 12, same as Rassing. Cast got so roundly hammered by Leicester, which is the only game I've seen. I'll go Rassing. Yeah. Uh, anyone they, Still, this, this pool is open. Then the final game uh, of Saturday, which probably is worth watching, is Munster hosting Leicester. Minister. Absolutely, that's worth watching. Ooh. So they're top. They're both top. They've both got one win. They're both on six points. Um, Bit of history from last year as well. Yeah. Where are they playing? At Munster, Munster. Toman Park. Munster are going to win. Yeah, I, th- I think the two teams will win at home. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. And also, there's still no Tamua. No Tamua is a big, big deal. Possibly too Alangi though. It'll be interesting to see. Now, I wouldn't recommend just putting Tuolangi straight back into this. Maybe have him warm up for this one on no, the sideline. Maybe with... then well, no, well, give him 10 minutes. Because do you know what's going to happen? And sorry to interrupt him, but do you know what, right. what will happen, right? Is they'll manage him back and they'll have a big game and they're going to have to beat London Irish. And he'll score a try, he'll score two tries and then get injured on 35 minutes out for another month or two. Right? Let him score two tries against a big t- team and then get injured. Don't waste his 40 <laughs> minutes on London Irish. 40 minutes in this well, six-month window. I, yeah. I think, he, I think he's one of those guys, it's like it's binary. It's, is, he, is he fit to play? He starts. Is he not fit to play? Leave him out the squad. Yes. What, you don't want yeah, to... Manu Tuolangi off the bench. Just... It's fraught, fraught with uh, I'm, danger, isn't it? Like, I'm just thinking. We'll, we'll give him. We'll give him half in. an hour. Then he pulls up five minutes. Exactly. And stuck. And, and yeah, the game's already won. Yeah, you, you, you've wasted <laughs> your, your two alangy minutes. That's that's a quarter of a million pounds for, for that half an hour. <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> God, uh, someone please do um, the pounds per minute that oh. the Leicester have spent. Ooh. Right, Sunday. So, 1 o'clock, there are two games in Pool 1. This is the pool with La Rochelle on 10 points, Wasps on 5, Ulster on 4, Harlequins on 1. This is a good... Hang on. No, carry on. So, uh, La Rochelle... So, both games kicking off at 1 o'clock. La Rochelle hosting Wasps, which, as well as Wasps are doing turning round... No, oh, sorry, is it this thing again? That's right, it's just buzzing <laughs> a bit. There you go. Yeah, as well as Wasps have done, I cannot see them beating La Rochelle. No, I can't. La Rochelle, very, very good team. And then... The, the, that, that is, I tell you what, if you want if, if anyone wants to just do a, a European away day, the atmosphere at that place is unbelievable. Noted. I, yeah, I'd, I'd be up for unreal. that. It's unreal. Um, then, the uh, preceding fixture to our weekend away 
the following weekend mm-hmm. is Harlequin's Ulster Ooh. at the Stoop. So Ulster aren't winning that, are they? Well, they're not, are they? The the most Quincy. So Ulster have not been playing well, but the most Quincy thing to do to follow up a great victory against a two-time European champion Saracens would be to lose at home to Mate. a misfiring Ulster. There's no way Ulster are beating Quinns at the Stoop. You might beat them at Ravenhill, you're not beating them at the No, Stoop. give me Ulster. Equally, Quins. equally, Quinns, yeah, they've got to try and generate some momentum by building victory upon victory. However, it would also be quite a Quincy thing to do to look at that table and go... I know we're only two games in. We're not coming out of this pool, so yeah. Let's just. I don't think they operate well. Back I, I no, I don't think. I don't think no. they will. They're mathematically out. I think they'll they'll go for it. So they won't. John Kingston will not be saying that. But I think just the mentality of the Quins. I think, yeah. Give me, give me Ulster. I. <laughs> I, hope. I think. Assuming they put out the best possible team. I think they will. I think both teams yeah, will put out the best. Then I think Quins. Quins will nudge it. Final games. Pool yeah. two, three fifteen. This is a big one. I will a be re- there. A repeat. Oh, you lucky man. <laughs> yeah. A repeat of recent very important European Champions Cup semi-finals, finals, and the rest of it. Saracens host Clermont. Ooh. Clermont not doing great in the top fourteen. Saracens lost five yeah. on the bounce. Saracens lost five on the bounce. Yeah. Claremont are mid-table in the top 14. Can we just call it that, that, that we used to describe Exeter as the Borg? Uh, sorry, we used to describe Saracens as the Borg. <laughs> Exeter are the Borg now. They pretty much are. They have they? that hive mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. That Saracens used to have. They or, definitely probably have Probably Saracens still have, but Exeter just have even more. Yeah. They've got hive mind two I think they've made a deal. They made a deal that Saracens take the European Cup, they'll take the the domestic cup. <laughs> and now, you know, like Game of Thrones when they carve up power. <laughs> <laughs> that basically is what's going on. So I'm going to go with Saracens because they know how to win and they will win. They're, I think Clermont will fear Saracens more than Saracens. Fear it, it's a funny Claremont one, isn't it? Because they've got their they had their England players back, but arguably. It was almost like some of the players were too fresh. Owen Farrell's only played one game <laughs> in the autumn. Mm. Yeah. Well, what, was, what happened to Lazowski today? Was, was he not about? No. I didn't see him on the he bench. Didn't, he Did didn't he play. I, he must have been on the bench. He didn't come on. Mm. I think he was... Yeah, I think he was on the bench. Was on the bench. No, I think, uh, no, no, he was definitely warming up, I think. I saw him at the, in the tunnel. Okay. I should know. I yeah, well, you've watched I a lot remember. of rugby and you've done all... You've done a lot of driving to get here this at is the true. Time, time you did, Tim. This is true. And it's also getting quite late now. Yes. So let's, 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 so, so let's go so Saracens. So, yeah, I'm saying Saracens. Yeah, Lazowski was on the bench. Uh, and an unused substitute. So, the final game, mm-hmm. which is also our Olio game. Vegas pick of the week. Here you go, Tim. Go on. So, with our friends at leovegas.com, you can get... I actually prefer your much less slick crashing the vocals style. I thought I think that works much better. I couldn't better. hear it. I didn't have, because I'm a professional, I didn't have headphones on. <laughs> it's fine. It's I know fine. the timings. So the, the, the uh, pick of the week is, Phil? It is the top two from Pool 3. Oh, at yeah. Sandy Park, 
Yes, it's a real game. What a game. Exeter hosting Leinster. Wow. 5.30 on Sunday, next Sunday, the 10th. JB will be on a steam train with Santa Claus. Yep. Um, well, I'll be on the steam train. <laughs> what time's the game? It's, it's, the, it's a 5.30 kickoff, 5:30 isn't it? 5.30 kickoff. Oh, see, oh what, I could get back for that. What do I do Santa, then? Santa, done, gone. I'm going to have to be <laughs> in the car driving here to get back for the pod. Oh, radio. Got yeah, to. I'll listen to it. Yeah. Well, I might just I might get a train next week then just so I can. <laughs> oh, no, I'm st- no, because it's the works Christmas party on the Monday. I'm down the line. Uh, I'm staying in London, so I can watch that. So you can dial in straight after that game? I can dial in straight after the game. Perfect. So the... I haven't seen enough of Leinster really to make a good judgment on them. You know, so Leinster rested quite a lot of players in their thrashing of your beloved Benetton this week. Unbelievable. Um, you... Benetton rested a few players as well. To be fair, <laughs> um, you know, you know so many of that Leinster team. Yeah, they're, they're you all... don't really need to know how they're. Yeah, they're pretty much all international, and, and that's what I was going to say. Well, what I love about the Exeter side is if you were sitting there and going right you got you got 30 guys there pick 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 a team out of those 30 guys that are on the field you'd you'd pick Leinster players in the majority of positions because they're the bigger names because they're the bigger names yeah i would agree with that and but, but yeah it's names versus exactly patterns and systems oh. and hearts and passion and rob baxter's rob, yeah exactly rob baxter's hive mind 2.0 his Operating system that he's got, and if you do beat 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 extra this week, you won't beat them next week because they'll learn and they'll adjust. Well, I think Leinster and will. I think them, Leinster will win in Dublin, and they just keep on coming back with more and more and more and more. And by the way, we'll we'll know because we're there in Dublin next week to watch <sighs> Leinster Exeter. Yeah, what a weekend that's going to be. Are you accredited and all that? No, no, we're going as actual people, actual funds, <laughs> going yeah. as actual people. Yeah, <laughs> going to go for drinks. Um, before, during, and after. Yep. I have heard that is. Uh, I was chatting to Craig Doyle today, and he said that is that will be the biggest uh, piss up of the year for Leinster fans. That game next week. I bet it will. I, well, now they know we're going. <laughs> <laughs> so I need a winner, gentlemen. So they've both. They've both won two out of two. Leinster have got the perfect ten points. Exeter have only got eight points, but they won away at Montpellier. Which is that was, huge. that was just an enormous, a monumental. Oh man, I can't wait for this game. Yeah, it's going to be Exeter. It's going to be Exeter in Sunday Park, definitely. And then they're going to repeat the trick a few weeks later in Dublin. The next week, I've got back to back games. I've yep. got a nasty feeling that so Exeter, they played a lot of their big players this weekend. Just gone. That's what they do. Leinster will have rested a lot of players. They'll be box fresh. And I, they've done a lot of analysis on this. I, th- I this think Johnny game, Sex. Right? I think Johnny Sexton is gonna. I've got a bad feeling for Exeter. I want Steenson Exeter will work to win. Early doors. <laughs> you reckon? Absolutely. Work- worked out everyone he's ever played against. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure he's the only man. I'm, and I could be wrong. You, I need someone to check this out. He's basically one of the very few. Let's put it that way, who have won the championship final. Yeah. And then won a premiership final. With the same team, yeah. They might maybe maybe someone in Northampton did did the same. If they had to Northampton or Quinns, but no, but they didn't have to go through the promotions. Go, yeah, no, sorry, um, the finals. Playoffs. It wasn't just Steenson's though, wasn't there? Ben was, Ben Moon as well. 
Yeah, ben, ben Moon. Ben Moon. Yeah, so there might have been a couple of guys in that team, but very, very few. Yeah. And actually, did he join before they were in the championship? I don't know. Probably championship, and then. Yeah. But he's worked out everyone else along the way. <laughs> um, I think it's. I do think Leinster. They're will so nudge good it. in Europe. Yeah, and it's I won. I want Exeter to win. I've got a nasty feeling that Leinster are going to sneak it. Mm, I'm going to say Exeter by six. Leinster by three. Leinster by seven. <sighs> Not in Sandy Park, I think. Doesn't yeah. Happen. My um, third favourite team in the world. <laughs> going to do this. <laughs> oh, so who's who's won? Benetton? Benetton, obviously. Yeah, Benetton. Who's two then? RGC? No, RGC one. <laughs> RGC one. Tock H two. Tock H two. Benetton three. Then Exeter. Yeah. And Exeter, and then then who? I'm not allowed to talk about sale, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, where where would yet. you where would you talk about sale? I, I I'm not allowed to talk on. <laughs> That's uh, just you know it's part of the restraining order. <laughs> right. I think I think we're done. Let's get out of here. Let's we go are home. done. Good work. So much rugby this weekend. So much next weekend. Let's go and look at. Uh, I'm gonna, let's go and look at pictures of uh, Courtney Laws's top knot. I'm off. Yeah, go and watch the 1990 Grand Slam decider. Let me know what you think. And Phil, have you got a request from the people to watch anything? Uh, I'm trying to think. What Craig Barry's try. Yes, go and watch. Uh, so it's on BBC website. Highlights of uh, Scarlets versus Cheetahs. About a minute into that, Craig Barry, young Welshman, Craig Barry's. 60 uh, meter try. <laughs> Very good. Love right. it. Nice one. See you next time. Bye bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 